0: We declare that your whole earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. Right here from Hesperian Boulevard, we extend our faith and our prayers to those in the UK today, to those that are in London. Father, we are asking you to extend your mighty hand of love and comfort to all that have been terrorized in this attack. Lord, we pray that you will open the eyes of the police, that you will open the eyes of the government. Lord God, unveil and reveal exactly where those cells are and where that network is coming from in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And devil, we tell you today that you are a defeated foe. And we bind you up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We take our place as Christians here in America. We take our position in Christ. And we declare that no weapon formed against this nation, no weapon formed against our country, and no weapon formed against them in London shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And now, Father, we loose the ministering spirits. Say this with the angels. Ministering spirits, go now and cause protection. Go now. Go and protect, uphold, show forth the greatness of God in London today, in UK today. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everyone say in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. And now, Father, we thank you for that. And now we come into agreement concerning this that is, is about to come forth in the message. We are asking and are setting ourselves in agreement for utterance. That which is needed just for this time. Spirit of the living God, Taylor, make this message for those that are here. Lord, I pray that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened that our spirits would be strengthened as we look to the law of liberty today. And we give you praise and we give you glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. While you're standing, I want you to stretch forth toward this young man, Isaiah, here. He's going to be taking a trip Saturday. Praise the Lord. Amen. To Austria. Let's just send him forth by the power of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray a blessing upon Isaiah. Lord, you said that we'd not only be blessed coming in, but we would be blessed going out. So we speak blessing upon his trip. Thank you for the angels attending his way. Thank you, Lord God, for causing his bags to get there and back. And Lord, may his fellowship be rich. Thank you for protecting him and thank you for enriching him in every area on this trip. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's a good day to be in church. Yes. You know, at the end of the service, we're going to be having communion. And this is my second time speaking this message. And I believe the Spirit of God is going to encourage all of us today Amen. to walk in a higher place, to walk in a higher grace of His great love. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I have about six words that you'll be able to identify during this message. The first word is believe. The second one is receive. The third one is say. The fourth one is give. The fifth one is forgive. And the sixth one is reap. Amen? So let's look, first of all, to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John, the fourth chapter. And we notice in verse 16 where it declares this And we have known, now notice this word, and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. He that dwelleth in God dwelleth in love and God in Him. Now, notice with me in verse the next verse, he said, There is no fear in this kind of love. When we believe in His great love for us, it will dispel fear and it will turn fear out of doors. It will bring all of your insecurities, all of your inadequacies, All of your condemnation, it will bring those days to a close when you believe and receive your Father's great love for you. Amen. He is love. He is love. And the Father himself loves you. Say this with me. The Father Father himself himself loves loves me. Now, I know that it's difficult for some people to believe this. And if you don't believe it, you'll never be able to receive it. So we must receive this great love wherewith he has loved us. In uh, John 17, 23, notice this is straight from the lips of the master. How many of you believe the words of Jesus? He said, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them. Oh, come on. As thou has loved me. What this is literally saying is the father loves me. And the father loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Oh, I don't know if that does anything for you. But that just sets my heart happy. It makes me merry on the inside. My father loves me. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm encouraging you this morning have faith, believe in this love, receive this love, believe it, receive it, and then start saying it. You know, we just went through a month of encouragement of speaking the word challenge. And we found out that with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So whatever God says in his word is designed for you to believe and designed for you to receive and once you believe it and receive it, you need to release it by saying it. Amen? Amen? Amen. God is love and love loves me. Amen. This is what I want you to say. Lift up both your hands and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Father. Then you, you love me as much as you love Jesus. As much as you love now say this one real strong. Love... Loves me. I'm loved of my Father. My Father is not mad at me. My Father's mad about me. He is love. His love is in me. And He loves me. Glory to God. Amen. The Apostle Paul had a revelation of that. The Apostle Paul faced a lot of turmoil and a lot of difficulties. But he came to a point in his life where he started talking to those things that came against him. It's a good thing to have a conversation with those things that are coming against you. A conversation based on the word. Now here's what Paul said. Paul said, What shall then we say to these things? If love be for me, who can be against me? Oh, glory. If love be on your side, what difference does it make who's on the other side? If God be for you, who can be against you? And he said this, there is absolutely nothing that will ever be able to separate you and me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, not persecution, not peril, not nakedness, not sword, not anything. The devil can throw your way because nay, in all these things, Woo-hoo! Romans eight thirty seven. come on, we need to read this and do some shouting in the house today. Ready, read. Nay. (laughs) The reason why we're more than conquerors is because he loved us. And you need to remind some of those things that are coming against you, that in him you believe, in him you move, and in him you have your being, and you are more than a conqueror. Amen? So number one, believe in the love. Number two, receive it. Number three, declare it. Say it. Release it. And then number four, give it. Give it. You know, you cannot very well give what you don't have. You cannot give love if you have not yet first received love. Trying to train a new believer to walk in love until they get a revelation of how much their father loves them is very difficult. I think that is base one. To realize how much that he loves us and then love placed his love in our hearts. Yeah. Now today is Pentecost Sunday, right? Yeah. And the Bible says in Romans 5, 5, it says this. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in your head. No, thank God you live by your head. You could end up dead. But if you live out of your heart, hallelujah, you'll have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. The love of God. Mm-hmm. It's shed abroad. It's in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which has been given unto us. So we cannot say we cannot give love because we don't have love. We must be convinced That this love is on the inside of us. He has furnished you with everything that you will ever need to love people. Now notice with me a a new commandment he gave to us in John 13 verse 34 and 35. He said, a new commandment I give unto you. Notice with me, this is not the great suggestion. This (laughs) This is the great commandment. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. How did he love us? Well, he loved us while we were yet sinners. So that means his love for us is basically unconditional. Amen. Amen. So he said, I've given you this commandment that you love one another just like I loved you. That you also love one another. Now notice verse 35. He said, by this shall all men, not just men and women in the church, but men everywhere, all over the world. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have a brand new car. (laughs) If you wear a classy suit or a classy dress. No, the world really doesn't care what you drive. The world really doesn't care what you wear. What the world is looking for, it's like Leslie Gore sang this old song. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. But we're not talking about the phileo kind of love. We're talking about the God kind and the God quality of love. Amen. Amen. Glory to God that you love one another. This is how the world is going to know That we are in the family of God when the family of God shows forth its love toward each other and toward their community and toward the world around them. Amen. You know what that means? That means that in the church, there is no place for strife. I sang this song back in the back room after the first service. I'm living the spirit-filled life. I'm living the spirit-filled life. And because I'm living in the spirit-filled life, it has lifted me and freed me from all strife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's just a little song that the spirit of God gave me. I'm going to spare you and not sing it. You don't have the filter that he has. But you see, when we live the spirit-filled life, we'll love one another, regardless of our age. Regardless of the color of our skin, regardless of our economic, socioeconomic status, in Christ Jesus, there are no second-class citizens. We are all first-class citizens seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I think what needs to happen in the body of Christ is we need to let petty differences go. And let little strife issues pass. And get to walking in love and walking on the path that God has placed us on. When I walk in love and you walking in love, it's walking in a higher realm. It's walking in the realm of the miraculous. It's walking in the realm of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm a walking walking. on the right path. I'm a walking walking. in the realm of the miraculous. I'm treading. Where my father treads. I'm on the love path. Woo, glory to God. Love one another. In other words, when we love God, we'll begin to love people. Loving one another. I think it's important that we do that. Now, the other thing we need to see is this. Right on this, this same vein that love gives... A part of love giving is love forgives. Love forgives. Love releases. Love lets things go, lets things drop. Love does not take account of the evil done to it. The God kind of love on the inside of you does not pay attention to a suffered wrong. This love... This love that's shed abroad in your heart by the Spirit of God is quick to forgive. It's quick to let things go. Come on, somebody. Say with me, God's given me the ability to forgive. Now, look with me at Luke chapter 17. Luke, the 17th chapter. So far, what we've learned is love believes, love receives. Love says. Love gives. And now we're talking about love forgives. Forgiveness. In John, uh, Luke 17 verse 3 it says this. Take heed unto yourselves. In other words, this is something that we need to pay pl- close attention to in our lives. Take heed unto yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee. Anybody ever had a brother trespass against thee? Anybody ever have a sister trespass against thee? Well, notice Jesus is addressing this. Evidently, he knew that this was a problem going on in his disciples. And he knew that it would be a problem going on in the lives of future disciples. So he sets the record here. He says, take heed to yourselves. In other words, be ready. Because if your brother trespass against thee, why don't you just punch him in the mouth? No, he said, rebuke him. And if he repent, do what? Now notice here in verse four, he said, if he trespass against you seven times in a day. Oh my goodness. I mean, seven times in a day. That's a lot of trespassing. But Jesus said, If he trespass you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, "I repent," thou shalt. Here's what the apostles said. Here's what some of you are thinking right now. The apostles said, "Oh Jesus, increase my faith. Jesus, give me faith." How many of you know it takes faith to forgive? The truth of the matter is this, is we love by faith, and we forgive by faith, and faith is not by your feelings, faith is not by sight, faith in God is simply doing what the Word of God says to do. Now listen to this quote. The Bible talks about being quick to forgive, and the longer we wait, the harder it's going to be. The longer we hold on to resentment, the deeper that root of bitterness grows. How many of you have discovered that the Bible says that when a root of bitterness gets into our lives, that it has the ability to spring up and it brings defilement and trouble into our lives. You may think you're hurting someone by holding a grudge and being bitter toward them. But the one you're really hurting is you're hurting yourself. And so I want to say this to you today. Holding on to unforgiveness, holding on to anger, and holding on to bitterness is absolutely unwise. It is something that you must put a stop to and put a stop to it immediately. Whether you feel like it or not. Whether it's something that you 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 sense that in, in in your flesh that you want to do, which you never will, do it now. Why? Because bitterness opens the door for the devil. It does. It opens the door. Not only does it make you look bad and sour you, but bitterness opens up the door to sickness and disease. I believe this, that we ought not to be bitter. We ought to be getting better. Amen. You do not want to give place to the devil. The Bible says, neither give him any place. In other words, stop him and stop him now. Amen? Hallelujah. Say this with me. I'll not, be better, I'll not be better, but I'm getting better, get better. day by day. Now, here's what Andy Stanley said. Andy Stanley said, forgiveness is simply a decision to cancel a debt. The way to get better and not be bitter is not to rehearse past situations. We must forgive, forget, and go on. Forgive, forget, and move on. Clara Barton, founder of the American Red Cross, was reminded one day of a vicious deed that someone had done to her years before. But she acted as if she had never heard of the incident. And one person said to her, Don't you remember it? Her friend asked. Clara said, No, I distinctly remember forgetting it. You see, if I don't forgive people then what I'm doing is I'm giving people control over my life. Holding onto the past hurts of your life can poison your present and limit your future. You see, the more that we talk about past hurts and past wrongdoings, the more we will never ever get to a place where we heal up. Stop reliving the past. You will never heal up rehearsing the past. It's like someone who may have scraped their knee really, really, really bad. And they poured in the the medication to make it better and put a nice band-aid on it. But the little girl comes along and wants everyone to see, Oh, look, I hurt myself. (sighs) I cut myself. See? And here's that deep wound. When all the time, if she would just kept it on, she would have healed over the process of time. And this is what a lot of Christians do. They've been done wrong. They've been trespassed against. And yeah, they've sort of forgiven. But then the enemy comes along and tempts them and brings a picture of what was done wrong to them. And instead of forgiving and letting it go, and you will heal over the process of time, because how many of you know you can be hurting. Instead of doing that, they reopen the wound and they start talking about what this person said and what this person did and how this person treated me. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, those things must stop in our lives we must put a stop to talking about the past on what this person said and what that person did. How many of you want to heal up? Then forgive, forget, and move forward. Don't let the past cripple you today. Billy Graham said this. He says, in one bold stroke... Forgiveness obliterates the past and permits us to enter into the land of new beginnings. Forgiveness is so important. Your faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. You see, the Bible says that faith works by love. But how many of you know that love also works by faith? Somebody said, well, but pastor, I've got a lot of enemies out there. Stop thinking about how many enemies you have and start praising God for how many friends you have. And you know what? The Bible tells you to do what to do with your enemies. Now, I know what your flesh wants to do with your enemies. I know all about the flesh. If you let your flesh do what it wanted to do, you'd be in big trouble. Some of you would be behind bars. But now this is directly from the lips of Jesus. In Matthew, and I believe it's chapter, let's see, verse, chapter 5 and verse 44. I want you to look at this with me. Matthew 5, 44. Here's what Jesus said. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Here's what Jesus said. Love them. Bless them. Do good to them. And above all, pray for them. Pray for them. You know what Martin Luther King said? I love this quote by him. He said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. And this love is on the inside of you and on the inside of me. Amen? Amen. So number one, believe his love. Number two, receive his love. Number three, talk about it. Say it. Number four, give it. Number five, forgive. And here's what will happen when you do these things. You will start reaping the rewards and the benefits of walking in God's love. So for the balance of this message, I want to take you through a few scriptures. And I want to show you something that is so important. In Philippians 1.9, let's look at that. And then we'll turn over to 1 Thessalonians. And we'll notice a, a verse over there. Philippians 1.9, Paul is praying for the church at Philippi. And he says, in this I pray that your love would abound. In other words, that your love would increase more and more. Now, the older we get in Christ and the more we mature in Him and the more we cultivate this love that's on the inside of us, the more it should be increasing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. We should be more love conscious and walking in love conscious now than we were five years ago. Amen. Amen. Keith Moore said something I want to I quote to you. This is a, an excellent quote. Let me just uh, find it here in my notes. Stand by. Stand by your man. The selfish life is the empty life. The self-centered life is the miserable life. You look around, you see all the misery and the sadness in people. They've usually got one thing on their mind themselves. But the giving life is the fulfilling life. And the unselfish life is the satisfying life. Let me say that again. The selfish life is the empty life. The self-centered life is, is the miserable life but the giving life is the fulfilling life the unselfish life is the satisfying life you and i have a debt to pay you know what that debt is that debt is to love one another amen now let's talk about the last one let's talk about reaping love look with me over at 1st Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians, and uh, notice chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 9 and 10. By the way, before we go into that, you know that it's not good to judge one another? Let's just go back to loving one another for a moment. You know, it's not smart to be critical of one another. Now, this is what Jesus said. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, what will happen? It shall be measured back to you again. Then he goes on to say, why behold the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but don't consider the beam that is in thy own eye? Instead of being critical and judgmental about someone, it'd be just best to keep our mouths shut. Why? Because we will reap what we sow. Now, I like how the Message translation says this. I want you to begin in, in uh, Matthew uh, in verses one through five of Matthew seven. We've got a little time left yet today. Matthew chapter five, or uh, Matthew chapter seven, verses one through five in the Message. I'll wait till we get it up there. Everyone shout, glory. glory. Say with me, God's on, God's on the move. I'm walking in love. Walking in love. And love is walking in, God's walking in me. Now notice again, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. It says here, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. goes on to say, that critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face. Let me see, can I see any smudges here? Anybody makeup get smudged? <laughs> so it's easy to see the smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. I didn't say that reading on do you have nerve to say let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt it's this whole traveling road show mentality all over again playing a holier than thou part instead of just living your part living our part is living the spirit filled life which is living in love amen And I like what he goes on to say wipe that ugly sneer off your own face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. (laughs) A critical negative spirit is what drives people from the church. That's right, it's true. I mean, if there's any place where there ought to be love evident and love abounding, It's in the church. There ought not to be fighting and quarreling about what color of carpet we're going to get. There ought not to be fighting and, and, and quarreling about, I want this position and I want that position. I want this place of authority. There ought not to be that in the church. There ought not to be any racism in the church. I said, there ought not to be any racism in the church. Black and white. Brown and yellow. We are all precious in his sight. Amen? Jesus loves the little children of the world. And if we're going to love like he loves, we should love one another. Come on, somebody. Say it with me. The love of God prevails Prevails. in the life life of a spirit-filled believer. believer. Yes, I I think some people are filled with the spirit, but what spirit? Let us not be filled with the spirit of this world. Amen. Amen. The world as it is today stands as a very poor example of allowing God's love to flow. I mean, you get on television and you watch some of these talking heads and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat we have no business of putting one another down and constantly berating one another. I mean, I've just gotten to a point where I've had to turn that television off. Man, I'm having revival right now. I've been watching the Andy Griffith show lately. I mean, Opie made me laugh last night. Andy and Mayberry, you, what you talking about, Barney Fife? He's one bad dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. We've well, we got to be careful what we listen to. And we've we got to be careful who we listen to. See, spirit-filled people protect their spirit. And they do so diligently. In Proverbs 4.23, he says, Protect your spirit with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. The issues of life are the forces of the recreated human spirit, which is love and joy and peace and perseverance and wisdom and righteousness. We do not want to allow anything to stop those forces and to quench them. Come on. I'm not going to let the opinions of this world frame my opinions of life. But rather, I have chosen, and I know you have to. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I can see your robes. But the opinions that I have chosen are only the opinions that come from headquarters. And that's why he said... That we are not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of our minds. Come on, somebody. Get your mind right by placing your mind on the things of the Word of God and on the things above. I don't know how we got off into that, but I think it was a good side journey. Say to me, I'm living the Spirit-filled life. Hallelujah. Now let's let's consider this. If you believe in his love and you receive his love and you give his love to one another and to the world around you and you forgive and you get junk out of your life you're going to reap some good things. You know what Jesus said in Luke 6? He said give and it shall be given unto you. How good measure Press down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give to your bosom. Listen, friends, if you sow kindness, what are you going to reap? Somebody help me out. If you sow patience, what are you going to reap? Patience. Whatever you sow, whatever I sow, on a, consinu- on a consistent basis, is what I'm going to reap on a consistent basis. So I'm not going to be quick to judge others. Why? Because I don't want to be judged. If I'm going to talk about anybody, I'm going to talk about them on my knees praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Look at 1 Thessalonians. You got a couple more minutes? We're going to receive communion. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in Hayward, Oakland, San Jose, San Francisco, San Leonardo, San Leandro, San Lorenzo, Fremont, and we might even squeeze Melpitas in there too. Indeed, you see, we're doing this. But then he goes on to say, But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Now, here's what the message says. It says, keep it up, get better and better at it. Church, I have a God idea. Church, I have a love idea. What do you say? We allow his love to grow in us. To develop in us. And mature in us. And abound in us. So that it can flow through us. To one another. And to our community. And to the world around us. How many of you will buy into that? Say I'm a candidate. I receive it. Amen. Now here's what Jesus said. Not only... If you give love, it'll be given unto you. But another reaping part of walking in love is found in John 14, 21. John 14, 21 says, He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and I... And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and here's what I want you to see. Read the rest with me. Just pay attention to that, that, that statement: I will manifest myself. I want him manifesting himself. Not just on Sunday. I I want him manifesting himself in my mind. I want him manifesting himself in my body. How about you? Do you want the Father's manifestation clearly seen in your entire life? Then love him and keep his commandments and don't answer that That was love. That was love. I felt a little love up in here. Ten years ago, I might have just kicked you out of the church. But I, I, have, I have grown spiritually. You're walking in love. <laughs> I'm walking in love. I'm just a kid. I want his manifestation. Now listen to this. In closing, Ephesians 1.19, and we'll receive communion. Look at the Amplified Version. I want you to connect him manifesting himself by you and I reaping continuous manifestations of his presence in our life. Man, when I'm in the Spirit, and when I'm full of the Spirit, it don't matter what people think about me. It, it, it don't matter what they say about me. It don't matter if they cut me off an 880 or 680 or 17. Why? Because I'm full of someone else other than what's trying to pull me off the track. There are so many distractions that are trying to pull you off the track of walking in love. Connect this now. How many of you want good days on earth? How many of you just, I mean, in reality, you want a peace that cannot be shaken. Come on, somebody. I mean, all hell may be breaking loose, but in the midst of the storm, you're singing, I'm living the Spirit-filled life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Connect this. Ephesians 119, the Amplified. This is my prayer for all of us. That we may come to know practically through experience for ourselves the love of Christ. Which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. This is beyond head knowledge. This is something in your heart. That Listen to this. That you may be filled through all your being. Under all the fullness of God, under all the fullness of love. Woo! But he didn't stop there. And that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence, and that you may become a body wholly filled and flooded. Flooded with love himself. I'm telling you, there is a greater presence than the presence of your enemies. There's a greater manifestation available to those who will believe, receive, say, give, forgive. You will reap continuous manifestations of your father and his presence. So be filled with all the fullness of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say it with me, Pastor Mark. I receive, I receive, I receive today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus hallelujah we live to glorify your name all week long Lord we live for you Lord when the test comes as we know it will to step out of love help us to remember that greater is the love of God inside of us than he that is in the world Lord may we be more conscious of your presence the more that we walk in love the more we will see love never fail in our lives. Lord, as we go our way this day, I speak a word of blessing over all of your people.